Revelation 21. Just an amazing portion of Scripture. And I saw, verse 1, a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. And here's what I feel like is very important in this, uh, these, these lines here. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. There's a lot there. The city coming down from God out of heaven was prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 9 says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. Talking this morning at the very beginning of the message about the incredible truth that Almighty God would speak to us and say, I go away to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. Can you try your best to understand God wants you to be with Him? Amen. It's one thing to say, I love you. And I've heard it said, I, I appreciate the expression of love, and I think it's important, but words are cheap. But God said, I want to dwell with you. I, I, I made a way that I can live inside of you, but I, I, want to, I want to change not only your spirit and your soul, but I'm going to change your body in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. I'm going to make you what you need to be so you can live with me throughout eternity. And if, if that's not enough, the kind of descriptive language that God uses throughout the Bible, and we see here in our text, to describe the closeness and the, the nature of our relationship with Him. There, there's, you know, we're talking about heaven, and there's a lot of things that I've had people ask me about that it, it just really boggles the mind. We're talking about God's house. We're talking about God's nature. And our finite minds cannot comprehend so much of what has been prepared for us. I think a lot of the book of Revelation, it, we can see that. It's, it's this was like that. And, and, and this was it, it's, it's as this. But, but Paul, when he was caught up into heaven and he witnessed things, he said, it is unlawful for me to talk about. Not that the Lord said, hey, you know what? I'll punish you if you explain it to somebody. I don't believe that's it. It was just the the laws of nature itself, of human nature, forbid him to be able to express the splendor that he witnessed. There there was a a lack of ability to, to explain the supernatural. As we said in our Wednesday night Bible study, God, he's the I am. So who can I tell Pharaoh and who can I tell the people of Israel sent me? He said, I am that I am. What am I like? Who who can I tell you? I'm not like the, the, the cattle. I'm not like the sun. I'm not like the Nile. 
I'm not like the Pharaoh. I am what I am. I am who I am. And like I told you Wednesday, just deal with that. <laughs> Tell them the I am sent you. And that's the best you can do. But God robed himself in flesh and came to the earth and said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The image of an invisible God, the, the express image of his glory comes and loves and heals and forgives and saves and says, I want to deal with your sins so you can be my, my bride. And as I began to say earlier, to, to try to drive this point home and let you understand just what kind of love, what kind of relationship God is interested in. He, he uses this symbolism, if you will. He uses a picture of a bride. And that kind of relationship, that kind of devotion that a, a bridegroom would have for a bride. I know we're living in a world that that has been just so, just tore down and belittled. And a lot of folks just don't even, can't even comprehend it. But, but it means something. It means something. This is not to be taken lightly. When God says, I, I'm going to have a covenant with you. I'm going to have something that I'm going to be a husband to you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to nurture you. I'm going to provide for you. Amen. I'm, I, I'm going to enter into a covenant, praise God, that is going to be sealed by the blood of Calvary. That's commitment. That is a love that, that the Bible says passes knowledge. Amen? In, in today's society, there's so much that has taken marriage and just, just belittled it. And, you know, it, it might be a vacation and out on the beach or something. But, you know, what about the house of God? What about a man of God? What about a covenant that, that God is, is invited into and said, you know what, this isn't just two. Praise God. This is God. Amen. Involved. Hallelujah. And when God describes his church as a bride, I've had people already kind of come to me and stumble over that. We talk about um, some of the scriptures, like Song of Solomon, which is very explicit, really, and uh, full of romantic imagery. And we tell you that that's, that is very much not only God's seal of approval on marital covenant romance. Amen. Not playing games. Not fornication, but covenant. Amen. It, it, it matters. It's in the Word of God over and over and over again. And, and, and that kind of relationship, praise God, that's not, not explicit. It's not uh, rather, uh, uh, it's not lustful. It, it, it's, a, it's created by God. And God says that, the, that, that His church, I started saying, we, we stumble over that. And men who, who, who need to be men and, and uh, be proud of that. Uh, can say, well, what, what does it mean to be a bride? You know, well, you're not the bride. The church is the bride. You're part of a body. And, and that kind of what God is trying to bring forth in that is there's some attributes of the church that you, you are part of that matter. Amen? That make this more than just, like a lot of people, just showing up for whatever is uh, convenient. That's not marriage. Amen. I know a lot of people won't say it nowadays. Things are, have just kind of been turned upside down in this world. Amen. But, you know, it wasn't too 
you know, I think there's some folks still around today that'll that'll be honest with you and say, you know what, it's it's work. A good, solid relationship is going to be work. And it, it and and what it is is God says, okay, this I want to show you my bride. What is he he looking for in his church? What is he looking for in a bride that he's going to come and return and bring to himself to the place that he's prepared for us? Well, there's a lot of things we can talk about. We can talk about about that love. Amen. I mean, what what one thing can you say about a bride that's probably going to define that that time of their life? Just an adoration where everything and anything is going to uh, be focused around this one who she loves. If you look in Song of Solomon again, and we may refer to this book uh, quite a few times, you'll say you'll see where she's just talking about the one who she loves, and they'll say, "What is what's better about him than anybody else around?" And she says, basically, if I can put it in my own terminology, she says, "How much time do you got?" And begins to describe. I imagine it would be an uncomfortable conversation if you were to have it face-to-face with this woman. But she begins to describe from the crown of his head to the bottom of his feet and say, I'll tell you, just how, how long do you have to talk about how awesome? He's altogether lovely, she says. Amen. A, 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 and almost an obsession to where in one place she said, I'm, I'm just sick with love. It's affecting me, and, and uh, she goes out when she can't find him and, and tries to seek for him and look for him, and she's getting beat up in the streets. And she's saying, let somebody find the one that my heart loves. Amen? So when God talks about his bride, it is the uh, responsibility, if I can say, uh, or the description of a church that is in love with him. Amen? We appreciate one another. We thank God for brothers and sisters. We thank God for for ministry. And and honor where honor is due is scriptural. But there ought to be an overwhelming sense that we're here to be in love with Jesus. These people are in love with Jesus. Amen. These people are head over heels white hot in love with the Lord. Amen. We're not just going through the motions. We're not just saying, you know, amazing grace and I'll fly away. We're, there, there are hands uplifted. There's emotion. There's hearts that are, that, that are just affected, amen, by the presence of God. I'm here because I love him, amen. There's a lot of things that, that you're not going to even uh, notice that's going on in this world when you got your focus on your beloved. Did you see what they were doing? Did you see what they were saying? I don't know. I just had my eyes on him. I'm just loving God. I'm just serving God. There is an aspect of being the bride that means you are in love with him. It's one of the things more than anything else. I can look, and and I feel like it's an attribute. It's, It's an indicator. I can see some things, and people are living a certain way and say, well, you know, you might say, that's not that's not what we believe that's not what we do they don't they're not dressing right or they're not acting right or they're doing something we don't do my question is are they falling out of love with god is that why that doesn't matter anymore because you can you can try to look the part but my question do you, do you have a walk do you love him is there something about his presence that draws you Something about prayer that you, you're connecting with God. Something that is personal. Something that is, 
real to you. Amen. That that maybe you're going through the week just like maybe relationships happen and you get busy. But but you come to the house of God, you put that aside and you say, you know what? This is quality time. Hallelujah. Your love for God is part of being the bride. I believe that one aspect of being a part of the bride in, in that illustration is purity. There is an aspect of saying, you know what, everything else has been put aside. I, I, I've, got, uh, I've got my eyes on that one. And, and the, 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 I know a modern wedding isn't necessarily just exactly what they were looking at in, in uh, this time frame and in this culture. But the, the idea of purity, the white gown, and, and looking at uh, this, is, this is someone who has just set themselves apart for this relationship, is exactly what the church ought to be. Sanctified under the Lord, cleansed, purified, and set apart. Amen. You're getting ready to take a vow, forsaking all others. Amen. I, I'm, I, I'm looking at, at this and saying, you know, this is, uh, uh, this is everything about who I am now. And, and the idea of purity, the idea of, uh, of living a clean life. I wanna, I, the, the Bible says here, this bride, so, so important, prepared as a bride. Did you catch that? Prepared as a bride. It's not just what folks say about, oh, you know, God loves me just the way I am and don't expect any more from me, unconditional love. You know, I believe in unconditional love. I've had a long time where I had kind of a hate-hate relationship with that phrase because, you know, folks have used it for so long. And, I, I you know, I believe God loves you, but, but, you know, he doesn't have an unconditional relationship with you. He loves you. When you're, you know, you're in the mud and in the mire of sin. And he loves you not because you have anything worth loving. But that love, and I believe he'll love you, praise God, through the thick and the thin. But, but if you go your life and, and take that idea of God's love and use that to manipulate God and, and live a life that is not dead, you're not part of his bride. He'll love you and you'll be lost. God so loved the world, but there's few that be that find the narrow path. So you want to talk about God's love? God's love never saved one person. His love has made a way for you to be saved. But he loves a lot of lost people. And you can say, oh, my, he, he loves me. And, and yeah, but, but if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. You'll live, you'll live for him. You'll make sacrifices for him. You'll live right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to tell you, this is, there's just things that maybe I wouldn't rather do, but I do because I love my wife. Amen. It's not just, oh, it's just so beautiful. We just agree with every, about everything. No, not hardly. Amen. But, but, we, but, but you love and you serve and you give of yourself, and, and there's purity in that. When you live for God, God is holy. God is clean. God is pure. Amen. And it might not just come natural to you. It doesn't. But you get full of the Holy Ghost. You'll talk like a child of God. You'll start dressing yourself like a child of God. You'll start, amen, you'll say, God, help me think in a way that pleases you. God will clean you up. Amen. Amen. Prepared. People put a whole lot more time in 
maybe getting ready for a, a natural wedding, prepared for a day that I'm going to stand before the Lord on the wedding supper, at the wedding supper, adorned for her husband. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to make him happy. I say, I'm not sure, you know, I don't know why people spend so much time thinking along these lines because they're not in love with God. They're in love with themselves. I don't know if I really agree with all that. What's God think? What's God like? You know, we talked about, you know, the Easter bunnies and the, and the chocolate eggs and all those. You know, what's God like? Amen. You know, we can sit around and fuss and, and fight about, well, I don't know what's important. Well, well, if you love God, that changes everything. Amen. Say, well, I'm not really much for, for excitement and, and worship and even getting around people. I'm just kind of a loner. I like to say, what's God like? What's God want? I'm going to tell you, if you submit yourself to God's will, you'll be glad you did. You'll be blessed. Amen. But, but you know what? If you spend your time and fight and argue about, well, I, I think this looks better, and I don't think that looks all right, and I'm not sure about, about all those things about what the Bible says about a woman's hair, a man's hair, or, or looking like dressing like a, a man or dressing like a woman. And being, Can I tell you, what's God love? Adorn yourself for your husband. Look like he likes it. Amen. Whose attention are you trying to get anyway? The world's? Amen. Whose eye are you trying to catch? You want God to say, oh, that's beautiful. Hey, he loves when you worship him in the beauty of holiness. That's what the Bible says. When you catch God's eye and he says, I love that. That looks good. Amen. You don't have to spend your time saying, well, I think this might be uh, uh, long enough or I think this might might, uh, be loose enough. What's God love? Amen. Seek his attention. Amen. Purity. Holiness. Oh, I'm so worried. I'm going to look stupid. To whom? To God? I'm so worried people are going to think I'm people. Are you trying to please them? Please God and be blessed. Purity of your heart and mind. Don't try to please the, the, the multitudes or whoever it is. Amen. You're a bride. You're, you're part of God's bride. You're part of God's family. Please Him. Amen. Hallelujah. I haven't even really gotten to my point. But really, we go on and on about different aspects of being a bride. What I want to look at, I don't want to necessarily say this is the most important part of it, but what I want to focus in on a little bit is that commitment. A commitment that takes, takes a name. Amen? Praise the Lord. We take on the name of Jesus. We take on his, the family name, if you will. It has now become ours. Amen? It's a covenant that transfers into every other aspect of our lives. When when, when my wife married me, she became Heather Flosser. Amen. She's committed to this, to where it changes her identity, for better or for worse. Not only her identity, but now she stands for something different. Amen. There's something that is now bigger than just uh, uh, 
a, a single life. Now there is a, 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 a standing up for a, a relationship, uh, something to, to, to stand for, something to fight for, something to defend. Sometimes when, when two become one in that covenantal process of being mar- married, there are all kind of aspects of the world that fight against that. But you stand and say, I stand for this. We stand together. Amen. For better, for worse. I, I, I'm not one to step up and say, you know what, uh, uh, I'm just going to call wrong right in any way for my wife, for my family, for anybody. Wrong is still wrong. But I'll stand and, and support and defend them as people because that's who I am. I stand for my wife. Amen. I, I stand for who she is and defend her. Amen. That makes you more. You're standing for something. And I, can I say, as a child of God, when we take on the name of Jesus in water baptism, that is so important, that proper name. Amen. We become a part of his bride. We come, become a part of his church. And now we have, we talked about this morning, purpose. There's meaning now. And sometimes we get enemies just because we're related to him now. Those that hate Jesus, well, we're standing with him, amen? And they, they will maybe persecute or mock or, but can I tell you now things that, as we heard a testimony tonight, things that, well, that has nothing to do with me. Now it has everything to do with me. Somebody takes the name of the Lord in vain. That offends me because I took that name. I stand for that name, amen? Right? That's holy to me. Rather, hear you drag anything else around in the mud, but that is, that's my Lord. Amen. And, and we stand for that. We defend. Paul said, I'm, I, I, I am set for the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. So as a part of the bride, now we stand for something. We, we have principles now that are God's godly principles. Things that are important to us are important because it's a part of God's kingdom now, and that's where we identify ourselves. There is right or wrong. This world doesn't want to stand for that. They don't want to believe that. But but we stand for what is righteous, and it's righteous because God said so. Amen. And when somebody wants to, to, to tear it down, somebody wants to, to defile it, hey, this is this is God's way, and it's my way. Again, when Paul said he was set for the defense and confirmation of the gospel, he in one place said, it's in my gospel. You might say, what kind of ego ego trip are you on, Paul? No, not at all. He said, I identify with this. This is mine now. It's all about Jesus, but I am married into this. I have a, a commitment to this, and now it's mine, and I will defend it to the death. Seriously. How many of these men that the apostles, the original apostolics, how many of them? Every one of them, except for John, and he had to stand up for it to an extreme. But it's like they were they were told, "Hey, just just say you're not you don't believe it. Just say just and you'll live. No, I'll, I'll die before I. You know, I know we talked about Peter who before he had the Holy Ghost, and but every one of these men died martyrs' death. I'd rather die because I stand for Jesus. Amen. 
I stand on the principles of right and wrong, and I'm not going to bow to the idolatry and to the, the flesh-loving society of this world and what's easiest and what is, what is convenient for me. I'd rather be thrown in the furnace than bow to what I know is a lie. You stand for that. Why would somebody, well, I believe this. Well, we're going to kill you. Why bother? Because you stand for what's right. Why would anybody care so much what you believe that they would throw you into a lion's den? Because you represent something. You've got principles that are God's principles, and you're aligning yourself with the bridegroom. Amen. And that means something to you, and the world fears that. So I started off. I started off this message telling you I wanted to be sensitive. And... Uh, but it's just been working on me for I don't know how many days it's been now. But if we go back in the book of Revelation, there's another bit of symbolism. How many know we talked about Song of Solomon? How many know that really we can see attributes of the relationship with the church and the Lord really throughout the word of God? The whole idea of, of bride and bridegroom. And we see that terminology. We see that symbolism throughout, right? There's another there's another symbol here, if you will. There's another illustration here that really you will see throughout the Word of God. And we're going to look at it in the book of Revelation, the 17th chapter. Just as God's faithful church, who is called out by Him, who is pure, head over heels in love, and committed to to God and godliness and to his kingdom's principles, the truth of God's word. The Bible talks about those that would call themselves a church but are unfaithful. Verse 1 of Revelation, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials. Again, the same type of language from Revelation 21. And talk with me saying, almost word for word, Revelation 21, 9, when this angel shows the bride. But he says, now here in Revelation 17, come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. I do not, I'm just going to be honest with you today. I try to be very careful with the words that I use. My wife can tell you uh, for the 30 years that we've been married that uh, I try to go above and beyond because I think language matters. I don't throw the word whore around in casual conversation. This is not something that I would say just around the dinner table. But I feel like God's used a word here that packs a punch. And it is a very, very sensitive word, but it is a very accurate description of what God calls the false church. He says, come hither, I'll show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. We're not talking about the bride now. We're talking about a great whore, a harlot, a prostitute. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman upon a scarlet colored beast 
full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns, a lot that we could look at here in all this. We're not going to take the time. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color. She decked out. The book of Proverbs talks about a woman that was noticed with the attire of a harlot. Does not say that she was specifically a harlot. But she sure looked like she missed a good chance somewhere to be one. She identified herself with them because of the way she was dressed. The purity of a bride makes it clear, I'm taken. Hello? The purity of a bride projects the understanding of holiness. I belong to Jesus. Amen. Hey, you might say, I want to get married someday, and I want to make sure that that folks know, hey, don't do it by a lustful spirit or a lustful attire. Amen. Let it be known very clearly, I belong to Jesus, and I'm in love with him. But this woman is decked out. I don't believe this is some kind of barring from what color somebody should wear, but it's saying she is looking like a harlot. Decked with gold, precious stones, pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. I want to spend a little bit of time and talk about this. Because as exciting as it is to describe to you a church, a people who are sold out. Amen? Somebody say sold out. You just, your heart is made up for Jesus. There's nothing. You don't have a price that can make you be ashamed of the God that saved you. You're you're willing to stand up and defend what you believe. It doesn't matter what people might think. You're not going to turn your back on the God that went to Calvary for you. But on the opposite side of that is the harlot, the whore that has a price tag. That there is no principle, there is no, there, there is nothing in the heart or life of this one that isn't for sale. If it is the popularity, if it is money, if it is an easier way, well, choose that and not stand up for what is right and what is real. When you've got a price. That you'll sell yourself and you won't have principles in your life to stand up and say, hey, I believe something. I got some lines in my life. I got some boundaries in my life. And you can't get put anything in front of me that's going to cause me to walk over those lines. I know what I live. I know who I am. When you've got that kind of security and confidence in God we were talking about this morning, that you can say, you know what, what I've got matters to me. Oh, I want to be able to stand with those who who are willing to say, you know what, I'm going to pray. We'll kill you. We'll feed you to lions. They will rip you to pieces while you're screaming for mercy. I'll pray, and I'll pray in the lion's den. That's the kind of men and women that stood for God in this Bible. Amen. Hey, I'll tell you what, we'll turn that, you'll burn to death if you don't bow right now. We'd just as soon burn. I'll turn that up seven times hotter. You don't know who you're dealing with. Oh, we're not careful to answer you. God 
can't deliver you out of my hands. If he does or he doesn't, we won't bow. Because I've got principles. Hello? They're not for sale. See, I've heard people, I've heard Christians, I've heard folks that, that say everybody's got a price tag. I know folks who have watched their family be tortured, as I've seen in histor- historic accounts, and said, I won't turn my back on Jesus. I've heard stories we've shared with you of, uh, of men and women who have been hacked to pieces saying you can, you can go ahead and turn from Jesus and start following Allah like the rest of your family or you'll die right here and right now. And they died right there, praise God, just on their uh, being newlyweds. Amen. I'm telling you that not everything is for sale. Not everybody will bow. There's too many people. You'll see it in the book of Revelation where the martyrs, the saints of God who were martyred for their testimony, they died for this because they weren't for sale. I'm telling you that I see it and I know why people say something so bitter because you look around and it just seems like everybody's got a price tag, but that's a lie. Amen. Praise God. There are men and women who say, you know what, I won't bend. I won't bow. I won't turn. This is my, this is my life, and I'll, I'll fight it to the end. I, I defend it. I stand for it. They'll tell you, we're living in a day where people stand for nothing, they fight for nothing, and they work for nothing. They don't ever want to just stand up and say, no, 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 no. I, I, this, I don't be- this is what I believe. If i got to lose friends, it's what I believe. If you're not going to have confidence in me anymore, this is this is my this is right. This is godly. Amen. People are impure. I could I could spend some time and tell you that, like we went down a list of of, of attitudes of a of a bride, the impurity of a harlot, the the unfaithfulness of a harlot. But but I, I just just jump right into it and tell you the point of this conversation is you've got to have some principles in your life that you stand for something. And if you're not standing for God, what on earth are you selling yourself out for? How many times have I preached to you about how there, there's just no, no way that somebody like Esau could ever look back and say, oh, what a good deal I made. I sold out my place in God's kingdom that night that I said, I'll, I'll give you my birthright. I'll give you my blessing just for that pottage, for those beans. Amen. Oh, I don't. I know that Judas, whatever got in his head, whatever kind of foolishness got in his mind to think that those, the pieces of silver were really that valuable when he hung himself. But it's just that attitude of a harlot, that selling out for something that's easier, selling out for something that's more convenient, and then hating yourself when it's all over. There is a generation that we are seeing that is so, so self-centered and so full of lovers of self and lovers of pleasure that I want to say again, they just sell out for the best price. I believe the true heroes of God's kingdom are the ones that are so unsung. People that are forgotten. People that that are hated. People that just are pushed to the side. But they say, that's all right, I got Jesus. People they love dearly. That they feel that ache in their heart every time they think, we ought to be friends, we ought to be close, but but I got to stand for God. I got to stay with Jesus. When you sell out for God, 
it's not going to win any popularity contests. When you fight to defend what's good and what's right, when you stand for that, you know, you don't really have to just go ahead and get into engaging a lot of arguments and fights. You don't have to just a lot of times. I've I've seen it recently where uh, I've been around different people and some of the jobs that I've done recently and 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 uh, just say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Or people say things, I'm not going to get in that conversation. I'm not saying, hey, man, why don't you get right with God? I don't say, you know what, why don't you why don't you t- get on your knees and pray? I just you know say, you know what, that's just not something I really care to talk about. What are you, some kind of church at 50 years old? Some kind of church boy? Yeah, I guess I am. What's wrong with you? You know, I, I, you don't have to really just go ahead and preach, but if you just stand up and just live right, people are going to pick that up. It's a light in the, that shines in the darkness, and they, they, they get offended by that. They identify that. There's something going on. You're not just, and they try to punch your buttons, try to, to play games and try to see what maybe, uh, uh, what lines you have in your life. And when you stand, that's offensive to a, to a perverted world. Because they're, they don't know their deeds are evil until there's some light's shining. Amen. They're feeling pretty good about themselves. They feel better than a lot of their buddies. And then you're standing there and, and saying, you know, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to enter into that. And now all of a sudden they feel like a pervert that they didn't feel like before because there's somebody that's standing for what's right. Amen. If you don't have principles in your life, if you don't have a walk with God that says, I am, I am sold out to him. But you know what? You, you, you want God's blessings. You want God to, to give you. You want God to pay you. Hello? But you, you know what? You're, you're ready to just sell out for the easier way anytime somebody's got something more for you. That's so wrong. That's so wrong. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to God. Let me show you something in closing. Revelation, the 22nd chapter. Revelation 22. Verse 17. It says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water life freely. Something I see here that I feel like is so important for us right now is that God, His Spirit, and His Bride are in complete agreement now. The message is coming forth, but it's not just God now. The Bride is identified with the Bridegroom, with the Spirit. Amen? The Bride is speaking the same thing the Spirit is speaking. This is who I am now. This is what I'm committed to. And you need to have this. You need this kind of living water. You need, and God's spirit and God's people are working together in agreement. And, and, and when they, he says, you know what, they don't hate you, they hate me. But they're going to come against you when you stand up for what is right. I, I've seen just... This world, and I, I don't know, I guess the, the, the idea of people just selling out has just been on my heart so much this week. God's been working on me, showing, showing me things and saying, you know, don't, don't ever just be a sellout. Don't ever just be one that doesn't stand for godly principles, for truth. 
hold on to, to your soul. Hold on to your identity in God and don't, don't sell off for nothing. That, that attitude of Esau we talked about that said, yeah, I'm just tired today. I'm hungry today. Who cares about what's important for eternity if I die right now? Just take it all. It's that harlot attitude. Selling out for sensual pleasure. Selling out for what's easy, what's convenient. Judas, why don't you stand with the Lord? Why don't you hold on to this? Why don't you fight? And, and if even you've got to die next to your brothers, just just have the dignity and the the, the commitment and the dedication to God that he has for you. Oh, I can make some money. People, people have no principles. They sell themselves daily for, for things that don't matter, things that don't, aren't valuable when God offers eternal life, when God offers a relationship and an eternal life that are beyond comprehension. God's been so good to us. Let's bow our heads in prayer, please. Sister Katie, can you come to the music, please? People that want God to bless them, but they've lost their sense of commitment. They don't believe it enough to defend it. They don't believe it enough to just Stand for it. Sometimes I wonder where are those that will say, I, I want to get more of the word in my heart. I want to study this. I want to be able to tell people what I believe in a clearer way. I want to I answer questions that people have in a way that glorifies God. Are there too many people that just kind of cower back and say, well, I don't want to offend and I, I don't want to lose my friend. And I, I'm, I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm not talking about being just rude to people and, and belligerent. I'm talking about standing when you're, when you're asked, when you're confronted. Is this your identity? Is this who you are? Do you, are, you, are you a bride? Are you a part of God's bride? Are you are you dedicated to this? Or do you have a price tag? Somebody say, well, it would take a lot. It's not the right answer. You've got to be sold out. You've got to be dedicated to God for better or for worse for better or for worse. But this covenant that you've made with God goes beyond death. The best this Bible gives for a relationship between a husband and wife entered in holy matrimony is till death do us part. There may be some things about that you might not understand fully, but I'll tell you this right now. It goes beyond that when you are in love with God. Will you stand for Him? Will you stand for Him? Will you hold on? Will you, will you defend Him? Will you, will you stand up when people are, are, are attacking Him? Or, or will, you, 
when there's pressure, when there's temptation around you? Can you can you stand up and walk away? Do you have enough sense? Do you have enough a commitment of God to say, this isn't who I am? Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Are you in love with Him? It's all stand. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Bible talks about what we consider the false church, but it people calling themselves Christians, but uh, they're for sale. They're following God when it suits their purpose. But they're waiting on a better deal. They don't want to really go in with all their heart because a better deal might come along. They're not sold out because they they got their eyes open. They're still shopping around. Have principles of God's truth in your heart that you stand for. Don't sell yourself out like a whore. Don't sell your soul out like a harlot. God's wanting you to have meaning in your life, identity in your life, and He has given you everything you need. Commit your ways to Him. And He'll bless you. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Don't play church. Don't play and go through the motions like you're married to Him. Don't go through the motions Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes. I only ask. Oh, yes, Lord. The covenant of marriage is such a holy thing. Such a holy thing should not be handled lightly. In that same way, our relationship with God as we enter into that covenant with Him through the blood of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He'll lead us, give you meaning, give you purpose. Oh, hallelujah. Something to live for, something to stand for, something to fight for. And as many, many, many countless men and women have died for. The Bible talks about men and women in the book of Hebrews who would not accept deliverance. They would not bend, they would not bow, and died for their testimony. And the Bible says the world was not worthy of them. That's what God said. Men and women that have lived their lives serving God in church. Forsaken by friends and even family. Forsaken by people they love because they want to stand for God. I'm going to tell you, God sees. God sees your commitment. God sees your love that you're not for sale. 
no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many say, you know, I'm looking for an easier way. I'm looking for a compromised gospel. I'm looking for, for looser living. And you say, I've got to stand with God. It's not always easy. It's work. But you've got something. You've got something in your heart that gives you integrity. You're not some harlot. You've not prostituted yourself for what is easier, what is more convenient. You've stood for truth, for Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. It takes courage. It takes courage in a day like today when so many are forsaking you, so many are mocking, so many would lie about you. Oh, we used to sing a chorus I heard at a Another church one time, I'm going on for Jesus just the same. You can false accuse me. You can slanderize my name. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. Because what you think of me bears very little weight compared to what God thinks of me. I want to be prepared to please Him. Oh, yes, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Glory, glory to His name. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Let's all stand and lift our hands to Him one more time. To be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. On earth I long just to be like Him. All through life's journey. From earth to glory, I only ask just to be like Him. Father, we love You. Thank You. Lord, You stood up to sin. You stood up, Lord, to to Satan and went all the way to the cross so that we could be Your children, so that we could be Your church. Help us, Lord, in a day when so many have fallen away. So many have sold themselves for pleasures and for for what is an easier way, God. But we have served you, God. Lord, gladly we'll stand with you all the way to the end, God. Bless your people, Lord, I pray. Help us. Help us to stand and shine for you, Lord, through all adversity. Oh, we love you, Lord. We give you glory and thanks. Keep your hand upon us as we travel, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless.